Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. All right, so on this episode of Too Fit to Be Tied. Are we well, recording? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. We've been recording. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that off today. Okay. I may need another drink, though. <clears throat> All right, so on, on this episode of Too Fit to Be Tied, we're excited because we have our first guest. And our Constance, our first guest is... Our first guest is Dana Colantuono. And uh, Dana is a part of our Toxic Ties group that we have. And the reason, we, we both thought of her when we thought of who would be our first guest, because um, in all the areas that we talk about in health and fitness, she's made incredible transformations in all those areas. And I think it would be great for the listeners to hear a little bit about her and uh, about Dana and... Um, and how she made that transformation. We also think she's probably the funniest person in the group. Yeah, so this will this will be entertaining. It's this enter- will be. That's yeah. what we're all about. Entertain. Yeah. We want to bring entertainment. Yeah. And no. as well as a little bit of awareness. Exactly. All right. So who so. is she talking about today? As far as you know, I mean, we could open a whole can of worms here, but what are we talking about today? I think we're talking about moms today. We are narcissistic moms. And um, sounds like you guys will have. You know, a little competition. Something in common? Something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not all of us have narcissistic mothers, Jerome. Well, you know. Um, all right. So we are going to bring her on. And we figured instead of us talking about ourselves today, uh, we're going to save a lot of our stories. And we're going to bring on Dana. And we're going to ask her some questions about her toxic slash narcissistic mother. So, Dana, are you ready for us? I'm ready. Okay, welcome to uh, the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I'm glad. We're glad to have you as our first guest. I'm having a party over here. Just are you, wait, Dana, are you drinking? Water. Oh, oh. that's unfortunate. Yeah. We should have told Should I grab a drink? We forgot to tell you, we always have a drink when we do our podcasts. If, if, you, listen, <laughs> if you listen in the background, you can hear ice tinkling around in glasses as, as we do this podcast. So, but you, you know, no, no pressure though. Here's my water. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. So let me ask you your first question. You ready? I am very ready. Okay. How did you know that you, and of course we're not like diagnosing, but how did you know that you had, um, a toxic or narcissistic mother? How did you know that you had an abnormal relationship with your mother? It was never something that you, I knew like right away when I was young, there was definitely a defining moment and which I'll talk about a little bit, um, because I'm sure it's uh, a real entertaining story for everyone to hear. But as you mature and grow up, you kind of notice that your relationship with your mom is nowhere near what everyone else's relationship with their mom is. Um, so just realizing that like 
I don't even know what, like your mom being unpredictable and crazy and that, like living in a destructive house, like that's not normal. Um, and for a long time, I just, I thought it was. So the, the moment in my life where I, I started really like paying attention um, was I was in third grade, so pretty young. And I remember my parents fighting, of course, about something that is, doesn't matter. It was, they were fighting about pumpkin pie. It was Thanksgiving. Um, and my mom had to make her pumpkin pie. It had to be made before my dad could take myself and my siblings to, to the party, to the family party. Um, and of course it turned into just this outrage. My mother threw a glass salad bowl at my dad. I don't remember if it hit him and bounced off or if it just completely missed, but it ended up hitting me. Um, Oh my God. Oh yeah. It hit me in the head actually. And then my mother tried to like take care of me. And I was like, get the hell away from me. Like as a third grader, you know, and the night actually ended with my mom breaking her arm because she was hitting my dad. Um, you know, ambulance, nine one one, you know, normal, normal stuff for me. Um, but that was our, the first big thing at our house. And then stuff just kind of like continued. Was this on a, was this an actual holiday? This was actually Thanksgiving of 1993. Okay. I don't know if you remember Jerome, but I segued last podcast into talking about, um, having a narcissistic mother. And then I talked about the holidays holidays, and how bad the holiday, for some reason, why is it the holidays are like the worst? Do you, Dana, can you answer this? I, I don't know if it's like triggers, but I remembered hating the holidays with my immediate family. Also, like I didn't want to be with my mom. I wanted to go to my dad's side of the family and just be with them. I don't know what triggers them to this point of just, it was terrible, miserable. Everything about every holiday at my house is not a good memory so, at all. So that incident that you talked about on Thanksgiving, was that, were things at that level for the most part, or was that one day it just kind of bumped up into this new level of, of intensity? That's the day I noticed. I don't remember prior to that things were crazy um, and intense all the time, but that's when I really just started taking note or maybe my eyes just opened. Um, so I don't know if anything changed after that day or it just remained normal and I was more aware, but then it was just, I mean, I remember being in elementary school and noticing the patterns, you know, of, of manipulation, the way my mother spoke to me, my siblings, um, the blame game, the control, just like those patterns, but yet still the like, crazy unpredictability like I remember not knowing what mom I was getting like am I gonna wake up today and get like my fun goofy mom or am I gonna wake up and get like a silent mom who has silent battles when she washes the dishes and irons and does laundry or am I gonna get mentally abused all day it was just that's when I really noticed that it was different wow that that unpredictability seems to be a common thread with, with a lot of people's experience, not knowing what your, because you said the exact same thing about, about the holidays. With, yeah. with, with, you yes. Know. We said the same exact thing about toxic relationships in terms of our romantic relationships. I mean, imagine being a kid and thinking this is normal, you know? And, and so, Dana, I got I have a question for you. When you'd go to your friend's house, houses, you know, around that age, um, or spend the night there or stay at a friend's house for dinner. Did you notice how different 
your friend's family dynamic was compared to yours? So really interesting you asked that because I was always aware. I wasn't allowed at friends' houses a lot when I was young. And I now wonder if because she knew that our family was so different. Oh, oh interesting. Um, I didn't have my first sleepover until high school. Okay. I, I wasn't allowed to go have dinner at friends' houses. Um, but I would go into friends' houses, you know, whatever, schoolwork, group projects, that type of stuff when you're younger. But I, I did notice, now I don't even remember your question. I, I, then that's when I started noticing, like, these parents are like, why is your mom so calm and patient? And why isn't she screaming when she's in the kitchen? Um, you know, or... <laughs> your, your, your mom is weird. She doesn't scream. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, why, why is your mom helping right now? Like, um, so it, that's what really started when I was younger. I, and I can't say like how old, but, and then through my teenage years, my friend's parents knew that I was in a crazy making household. So a lot of their moms were just, you know, became my mom and wow. were very aware that I didn't have a mom. So, so do you feel like, uh, that experience with your mom sort of, uh, uh carried in over into your adult relationships? Oh, a, a thousand percent. Um, I always feared it in my like young adulthood, but, um, it definitely carried over just with me, with what I thought was normal. Um, so that definitely like feel like my last relationship that I had with my ex was just, it was like dating my mother, I guess, in a weird way, as creepy as that sounds. But, um, so, just cause I thought that was normal. You know, your mother is, is, is your lifeline. It's the first person that teaches you how to love. It's supposed to be security and comfort and nurture and love and warmth and protection and all those wonderful things. And so when you as a kid have what you think is those things that you get, and then you get that same stuff that you think you're supposed that you know you're supposed to have in an intimate relationship with a person, and it feels the same way it felt with your mom. You think it's normal. So in well, my last relationship, I thought all that the way it felt was normal. When in reality, here I am dating a full blown narcissist for five years. Well, see that you know that's one of the things. Well, a theory that I have, and again, you know, we always say that we're not professionals, so. Um, but you know, a theory that I have is that, you know, sometimes what we think is love is actually some wiring that we've had from, you know, from, you know, childhood or, or other experiences early in life. So that's what feels familiar, familiar to us, you know? Uh -huh. And so it sounds like, um, that is kind of what, what you dealt with. And so you, you had this, you know, understanding as a, as a, uh, child or, or young adult that that relationship the way you were with your mom wasn't right but then there's got to be but then you had to come to that conclusion in your adult relationships as well like this you know this isn't right and then oh my god this feels kind of like what I had with my mom right um okay so how have you dealt with your trauma um dealt with my trauma well up until last year I, I guess I wasn't even aware that I was dealing with anything. Um, but obviously I was dealing with, with all this 
stuff that happened to me as a child that I, I know wasn't right or that I'm attempting to cope with. But I guess the way I dealt prior to this year, and I guess I'll talk about the change of 2020 that I've had, um, I hid a lot of, of this. Like it was just buried and it stayed there um, mostly because me as a person, I was like, I'm strong, I'm okay, like this isn't going to define me and it's just easier to put it somewhere deep inside than face it. Um, but by doing that, my way of dealing um, with it was everything just completely unhealthy for me. Um, I mean, drinking also, I don't really have a drink in front of me. I, I've realized, uh, I, I kind of feel like you're judging us right now. I know. I feel like a bad influence now, <laughs> No, but I've realized I'm not capable all the time of just having one or two drinks. Um, because it was my way to really cope. And I didn't realize that before it was <laughs> sorry. Like, I'm drink, and drink. And then continue drinking. Um, As I choke on my drink. Go ahead. Did you just choke? Oh, yeah. I was just choking. It's fine. Go ahead. Um, And again, this is all like my old way of uh, my old habits of just what I did. I mean, drug use, like sex with miscellaneous partners. That was all my dealing with it. Um, I don't really call it anymore now dealing with it. Um, Wait, let me ask you this question. Did you ever go to therapy for this? So that's where I'm going. So okay. now my my dealing with it, I actually call it like healing with it. Um, I don't want to deal with this for the rest of my life. I want to heal with it. So it's still a part of me. Um, and I want to heal from it. So it was last year that I started therapy um, after, after my breakup with my ex. I think that was kind of like my, like, it was more about me. Why am I so inadequate? Why... Why am I not good enough? All of those. So um, I took the huge step and I started seeing a therapist and that really started my path towards healing. And even though it was a huge step, now looking back, I'm like, gosh, that was just a baby step. Um, Going to therapy is a big thing. It really helped me. I still see my therapist, but it was such a baby step because I did so much more work beyond that. Um, just seeing my therapist and talking to someone, you know, I've gone, I've been doing a lot of self-discovery, a lot of reading, which I'm not a reader at all. Um, a lot of writing, reflecting, um, you know, choosing to learn from it. Um, talking to people that have similar situations, um, taking time to really figure out me, find myself again. So this is my healing. That's amazing. I don't think we knew you were in therapy. Really? No, I don't think you ever told yeah. our group that. Did you know that, Joe? I don't know. I knew. I knew you were doing something. I didn't know exactly what it was because I, I could tell. Um, again, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier. I could, I could tell. I could see you week to week, and I would go, "Oh my God, Dana's Dana's different." I mean, just <laughs> yes. You know, I agree. You, you know, just um, I don't physically. Uh, I mean, okay, so let's just talk really quick. Physically, she's transformed. I mean, she has actually become like a mentor for our group. I mean, I don't know. She mentored me. I had, I, I mean, it was, we had like, we needed to have an intervention at one point. She was like, girl, you need to talk. We need to talk. She really and truly like mentored me mm-hmm. at a point where I feel like I needed it. And you just, you did. It's like, you saw this, like. So, so what you're saying is I should be doing this podcast with 
with Dana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. What this podcast is for me. Okay, this is for me for for me to listen to and for me to grow and learn. This is my therapy. All right, people. Let's face yeah, it, the facts. Therapy. It's great. No, but you you did make this transformation physically. I mean, it it, it was clear to see. And um, well, wait. How much weight have you lost, Dana? Um. Well, I weigh myself on Mondays, but I'm really hoping that tomorrow is 75 pounds. Wow. Um, so. Honestly, I, I have to tell you, you look amazing. Yeah. But I would never have guessed that there was seventy-five pounds for you to even lose. Oh, I will. I'll show you pictures. I will show you pictures. Wow. There was seventy-five pounds there to lose. Okay. There's. there's I, I'm content. I'm like really happy with my physical transformation. Um, it's going to go a lot further for sure because now I'm just eager to take it. I want to like really look how I like really feel. You know. Now, do you feel like getting emotionally healthy had anything to do with your physical transformation? Huge. Um, I, I actually say all the time, I wish there was a way for people to see the emotional weight that I've lost and the mental weight that I've lost. Wow. Um, because you can see that I have physically changed, but no one can see what has happened like in my head, in my heart, um, and like who the inside person is, right? Everyone's like, oh, you're beautiful inside and out. But the thing is, you can't really see the changes inside. Um, and I think when I really, this year, I really just like dove deep in myself. And this was after like six months of therapy, seven months of therapy. And I said, like, I need to really get my life right, my head right. And when I like dropped the mental baggage, when I really chose healing over dealing, mm. um, I even felt like the, the physical weight came off faster yes. and easier. And it was just like managing your emotions. There was, there's so much emotional mismanagement that a lot of people go through every day and you don't even realize it. Um, and when you let go of that and you actually take control, you have everything to gain. Well, that's, that's amazing. And, and, you know, Constance, you said that she actually became kind of a mentor for you. And it's, it's interesting with, um, I think when, when people see you go through a transformation, it means so much more to them than like, for example, we're, we're, uh, Constance and I are fitness pros and we're telling people, oh, you can lose weight. And we, we help them to lose weight and get in better shape. Um, but they just assume that, oh, well, you guys are always in shape and you, we're always in shape, but when they see somebody go through that transformation, physically or mentally, it gives them, um, I think, it gives them hope because it, they look at somebody that they know and they say, oh my God, that actually can happen, you know? And, yeah, and it gives you more credibility because they're like, well, you understand and you, you there's right. more relatability as well. So, so, so okay. I, I, I've been saying like, if I could do this physically and mentally, I really believe anyone can. I have a really interesting question that I honestly, personally would like to know. I know that, okay, so I have never, I haven't really spoken about my narcissistic mother yet, but she is no longer here, which makes life a lot easier. It makes the healing and the dealing a lot easier for me. Um, you, your mom is, is still here and you don't, you have no contact. Is that correct? 
No contact. I do not reciprocate her her, her types of communication. She tries to reach out. There's now, no answering phone, no responses to text. How do you feel that your emotional dealing or healing would play out if you had contact? And how would that be different? Oh, jeez. If would you would be, be would you would, would be, you be able to heal with with a with a relationship with her? I don't I don't think there's there's there would be healing and I just feel like it's it's a yo-yo. It's up and down. It's a roller coaster. It's it's that's why I having that toxic stuff in your life, you can't heal with that going on um, yep. because there's highs and there's lows. It's dramatic. Like uh, I I didn't realize this with my mother, but I realized it with my ex. I would tell him to like get on stage. Like you're so theatrical. Like join a theater group because <laughs> it's like. It's like, what song and dance are we doing today? <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That is a great way to put it. I'm um, so serious. It's like, what? What is it? Like, what costume? Like, costume change. Like, scene one. Yep. So, okay. So, you would attribute a lot of your emotional, your your ability to heal emotionally to the no contact sort of route. Removing the yeah. negativity from your life. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then we have one last question for you. Okay. Because this this got pretty serious, which is good. Because I think that people who um, may have a, a toxic mother or father may not even know it, you know. And I think that we all just think this is normal. Um, I know that for me, I read a book called "You're Not Crazy, It's Your Mother," and my sister gave it to me for Christmas, and I read it like in awe. It was like somebody wrote my story. So. I realized at that moment, I was in my 30s, like, oh, my God, I, wait, my mother is narcissistic? What? Like, I had no idea. It just felt normal to It you. felt normal. And then the stories kept coming up in my head, you know, like, well, there was this time and that time and this time yeah. and this happened. So, you know, we all have super, I mean, we all have crazy mom stories, right? Not like uh, the norm, but can you give us maybe your craziest mom story? Craziest mom story. Um, yeah, I could definitely give you, I could give you a whole bunch. How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, worse, worse than the throwing of the bowl and, and yeah, right. Thanksgiving. Gosh, could you imagine being like eight years old and having a, a bowl snack on your head? Super fun. Um, okay. There's, there's seriously a lot. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, the most foul and disgusting because people's like, it, I, I, there's probably more comedic ones I could come up with, but okay. Um, All right, we're going I'll, foul and disgusting today. Foul and disgusting. Um, I, one day we were arguing. Uh, I had to be in my teenage years, uh, which always I was always the one to blame, right? I'm the idiot. It's just a stage. You're a teenager. You don't know anything. All that crap. Yeah. Shit that you want to. All of that. I'm still in a stage, by the way. I'm 35 years old. She's still <laughs> in a stage. I've been in a stage for a while. Um, but we were arguing about something, and, you know, you don't know what to predict with crazy-making people. So she gets very animated, and, and she would film at the mouth like a dog. Um, literally? So, well, literally. We would, as children, we were like, you're foaming at the mouth. Like, like you look like a wolf. Like, what is that? Um but so 
for her to 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 win this war that we were in, this argument, my mother came up our staircase. I was upstairs. She stood kind of in the middle of the hallway. She uh, was in like a nightgown or a robe or something. She squatted, pulled out a bloody tampon Whoa. and threw it at me. Oh, my God. So... That you. Not sure if that's the crazy story you wanted. Oh, my God. I wish you could see Jerome's face. I really wish you could see Jerome's face right now. And you win. Wait, why? Yeah, you definitely win. I'm going to, you know what? I honestly was like, God, I got a good one. My crazy story isn't that good. Um, Wait, can we go back to why? Why? Why she did it? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was she Was she mad? Is it because she was mad? It was, yeah, I, we were definitely arguing. I remember a fight. I, could, I obviously, it's like those things. You don't even know what you're arguing about. Because at the end, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? You're psychotic. You threw a tampon at me. Like, wow. you're crazy. So I, she was just, that's, that's how she dealt with her anger in in crazy ways. Yeah, like, did that very, make you feel better? Mm-hmm. Did, did the release of the tampon really get everything <laughs> out that you wanted to get out? It's almost like a child <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, just having a complete meltdown that's these are like now i like realize these were like her tantrums like this was a my mother's tantrum wow, wow. That, is, that is that is a that's a story that is yeah. a story I, yeah I'm, I'm, that I'm usually, is, yeah that's a it's crazy it's almost unbelievable like it actually happened i'm, I'm usually not at a loss for words but that <laughs> that know, that's a that's, that is yes all right one one last question okay how's pino how is Pino? Well, tell tell the listeners who Pino is and and. Um, Pino is my almost five year old Pomeranian son. I'm pretty sure I birthed him. Um, he's a dog. Yeah. Just to so the listeners know, a Pomeranian is a dog. Okay, just so they know. Okay, go ahead. I think I think our. So I have Pino, like the wine, Pino the Palm here, and of course cool he's amazing. Goes with me everywhere. Um, he's like, I actually think he's a big part of my healing. And I look at him now daily and I'm like, I can't believe I have you. So oh. um, I lost him in my relationship with my ex. My ex ended up keeping him in the breakup. And then, long story short, my ex was moving to California and couldn't keep the dog. So does, here wait, I am. does Pino have his own Instagram? I think, I think I'm going to have to because I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he could be famous. I think he could. Yeah. You really should do it. You should get on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's really special. He's got two Halloween costumes this year. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, you man. are you're in, you're hilarious. All right, well, listen. We want to thank you. I know it's yeah. not hard talking about you know your mother, and um, I haven't had the pleasure of getting to speak about mine yet. So I will have my turn. But I just want to thank you for doing this seriously from the bottom of our hearts. We think you're amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing with us, and and thanks for you know sharing with the listeners. I think when when you share your stories and people have similar stories, that you know I keep saying this over and over again, you realize you're not the only one, and then it makes it easier to to deal with, to deal yeah, with, guys, to deal with, and to heal with. I I love chatting with you and you both, and thank you. Our little our little people have been. Uh, a part of part of the healing process with me. So the the fun stories and the laughs have definitely helped a lot. Yes, life. it has helped. It's helped to make uh, things a little lighter and just more refreshing. Um, water or coffee soon? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> deal. Okay. Bye, Dana. Thank right. you. Bye, Dana. Doodles. Doodles. <laughs> 
Whoa. That was intense. I did not ex- – I've heard a lot of Dana stories. I did that, not expect to hear that one. That that was pretty intense. I mean, that was I, – I, I, I could not have made that – I could not have made that up. I can't even top it. It's like my mom, I feel yeah. like, well, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, so, she was crazy in, her, in a different way. You know, I think they all have tantrums differently. You know, you have toddlers that stomp their feet. You have toddlers that bang their head against the wall. You have toddlers that – you know what I mean? They're all different. And I think that that's the difference in, and, and it also, I th- I don't know. I would have to, we'd have to consult the therapist, but I think a lot of it has to do or go back to some of the trauma that they have endured and what age that they've endured it. Because mm-hmm. some of it may translate into the way that they behave. It's almost like they revert back to going to a seven-year-old or a 13-year-old or a two-year-old. Whatever point they were at when that then trauma maybe, happened. Correct. That, that sort I, of again, I have no idea that, what I'm talking about, but I think, image into them. you know, I think that's a thing. A therapist might tell you that that might be a thing. Well, well I mean, I think that, um, I think, I think, you know, when, when I, Jerome I, is off his game today, that story I, just threw Jerome for a, a loop right now. He's I'm, just, I'm still thinking about the, the throwing of, of the, of the tampon. That's, oh that gosh. was, that was pretty heavy. No, but I think, you know, when we, we look at, I mean, a lot of times people, you know, you look at, you know, for your, for example, your mom, and then you go, okay, well that, that affected me as a child. And then that plays into your adult relationships. I got to imagine that they had something, your mom had something that happened to her in her childhood or Dana's mom yes. that, that played into how they were. Correct. And so it's just this, this cycle that, you know, that continues to, you know, perpetuate itself. Unless you get to the point where you say, I want to heal with it, and then you break that cycle Agreed. for yourself and then the, your your kids. Which I could say personally that I have done. You know, I ask my daughter a lot of questions about like, do you wish you had a different mother? Do you wish that you were born into a different family? Do you, you know, and she's like, no, mom. Oh, my God. And like the mm-hmm. things that my daughter does for me is so special and amazing. I would never think to do these things for my mother. Um And it makes me feel like I actually broke the cycle. And I know, you know, my sister um, had a different relationship with my mother, but she also broke the cycle. We are nothing, nothing like our mother. And it's, that's the best thing to come out of it. I think a lot of times, you know, I have wished that I came from a Brady Bunch type family. You know, I'd always wished, like, why can't I have a family like that? Mom always said, don't play ball in the house. (laughs) (laughs) If that was all that mom said, you know, things would be wonderful. And I always think, I would be a different person and I wouldn't be so quote unquote fucked up. But to be honest with you, I think healing and dealing has to do with learning that those relation those those experiences have molded you into being who you are. And I think Are, are we stealing that from from Dana st- dealing and healing? Dealing and healing. I would have called it dealing. She calls it healing. I love that. But I think that you are always healing. And it never is like a, okay, I'm over it type of thing. You you are always healing. And well, for Constance, me... I, I think for you, I mean, just the fact that you asked your daughter sort of, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? True. What she thinks. Is, is an indication of you being in a different place. Because I would think that your mom probably never asked you. No, we weren't allowed to. How, how no. How am I doing as a mother? No, you're right. She did not ask that. She would tell you how she was doing as a mother. Um, But I think that a lot of the healing has to come with accepting what you've been through and realizing that it has shaped you in a way. There's a positive to it. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a positive to going through that. I have become a better mother because I know better. 
or I've become a stronger person because I've endured so much as a child. And I think that those of you out there that maybe have endured um, a, a parent who is narcissistic or toxic or has borderline personality disorder, which we will differentiate in one of our next future sort of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, in our non-professional In our non-professional op- opinion, you know. We, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to think to yourself that this was a blessing because I don't know that it's hard to call it a blessing, but it does make you who you are. And you do have to look at the positives because you might, I might just be some fuck up that sits back and kicks my feet up if I was born into the Brady Bunch type family. You know, but I am nothing like that. I'm strong and I'm independent and I am, you know, a go-getter and I'm very much, you know, I want to, I want to please people. And, and that's not always such a bad thing. So I think all in all, I think a lot of us that have come from those situations are strong and independent and, um, really good hearted people that want to make a change and don't want to make the same mistakes. And I think we saw that with Dana. Yeah. So that was it. That was our first guest. Okay. First guest. High five. We did it. All right. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed our first episode on narcissistic mothers. We will have um, some future episodes to follow on this. We're not done with that topic. I'm I'm learning a lot. And, um, you know, you got to dig through your memory banks and see if you can top Dana's story. I don't know about that. that was, I, mean, I got some uh, fucked up stories. That one was that one was pretty. That t- takes the cake, but I'll dig up. Let me think. <laughs> right. I mean, I got a few. All right. So that's it for Too Fit to Be Tied. Um, we'll see you next time. I'm Constance. I'm Jerome. Peace out. <laughs>